This is the Cinema Crew from Village Cinemas. I don't want to do. I'm going to steal their Christmas. The world is awash with Christmas cheer and Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch is having none of it. This guy's got nothing to lose. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. Creed 2 is the sequel to the sequel to Rocky Balboa, which is the sequel to Rocky 5, which, bear with me here, is the sequel to Rocky 4, which is the sequel to 3, to 2, which is the sequel to, and this is where this sentence will end, Rocky. Hello, hello, my name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but neither of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell hello, both have, and we have a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass to give away a little later on, but first... I know what to do. I... Going to steal their Christmas. This perfectly recreates the mating call of the reindeer. Behold. Oh, hey there. Sorry, little goat. I was looking for a reindeer. The last time we saw The Grinch on screen, it was live action. It was the year 2000, if you can cast your mind back, and it was Jim Carrey in a Ron Howard film. Yes, it was Ron Howard behind that picture. Well, that went so well that it's been 18 years, and only now, with Benedict Cumberbatch and Rashida Jones on board, the animators behind Despicable Me, are giving the Dr. Zeus classic a crack. How'd they go? Well, I love the original. I know you giggled, but (laughs) the 2010 Ron Howard is one of my favourite Christmas movies. I watch it every Christmas. So I watched this version in a comparative uh, view (laughs) to it, and I think they did really well. What I liked is that they made it very different storyline, but it's the closest to the original Dr. Seuss book. Which is is what? So, yeah, it's about the Grinch. He's this big green scary guy who lives on Mount Crumpet with his dog, Max. (laughs) And all the Who's in Whoville love Christmas, but he hates Christmas. This year, they want to make it three times bigger. And the Grinch has had enough. And he's like, no, I'm going to pose as Santa and just steal Christmas. Then nobody gets it. From the trailer, there's some really funny bits in it, it seems. Yeah, I mean, Illumination Studios, the guys that do Despicable Me, they're... they're what are the little yellow things called? The Minions. Minions, Yes, right. yes. There was even a little Minion short film at the start of the film as well, oh, so yeah, yeah. get there early, make sure you see it. If you can get past the present, the only obstacle left is... The Cookie. Look at it in all its red, sugary splendor. No, no, no! Look at yourselves! Discipline! We must... Resist. They'll entertain the kids with like the colorful whatevers, but there's a lot of jokes in it that <laughs> Not a is just kind of <laughs> <laughs> with the colorful with the, with the whatevers. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a, there's enough jokes that it's going to go over their yeah, heads okay. that the parents are going to. And I think Despicable Me has that quality as well. I would say this is as good as any of the Despicable Me or any of the Illumination Studio films. Well, the cast is pretty solid. Yeah, we've got Benedict Cumberbatch, as he said, Rashida Jones, Pharrell Williams is the narrator. Oh, is he? Yeah, we've got Angela Lansbury, who, classic actress, is the Whoville mayor. Kenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live, and back in the 90s, Kenan and Cal is a very chirpy little Who villager that thinks that him and the Grinch are friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's he's really funny. He's one of the standouts, I would say. Yeah. Doing animation as opposed to the previous incarnation of the Grinch's live action. Are these the only two? 
I can't think of another there, There's film. a very old 2D animated cartoon. Mm. Right. And in fact, I remember when we were at the screening, you said you liked the original. My girlfriend said, oh, like yeah. the weird cartoon. Like, no one thinks of that. <laughs> no. no. And then she also said, weird Ron Howard. And I was like, yes. excuse me? <laughs> okay, I have to admit, and you're not going to like this. I, I agree with her. For this reason is, in animation, the Who's look less creepy. Right. In when in the Ron Howard mm. movie, because the Who's are drawn in a very specific style by the Dr. Seuss Dr. artist. Way, yeah. They had to put all the prosthetics and stuff on people, and they came out a little creepy. Yeah. But in animated, it kind of works because obviously the uncanny valley, if things look too real, they get creepy. But if they're very cartoony, then you accept them. And these are so cartoony that I found it less jarring too. Yeah, I see what you mean, but I stand by yeah, my nostalgia's, nostalgia's I feel like very Yeah, nostalgia is a very. There may be a nostalgia, like a child with <laughs> element of this. <laughs> it's Note fun. one of Ron Howard's yeah. best. <laughs> So, yeah, with that animation aspect to it, they can do a lot more with it than a live action can, yeah. especially with the technology that they had in 2000. Yeah. But if possible, they've made it bigger and louder and more colourful. And you can have the creatures in it from yes. all the Dr. Seuss universe. There's a lot more whimsy to it, I guess, with the animation. And they've made the Grinch with less exaggerated features than yes. he did in the prosthetic ones. So he's a bit kinder in the face he's less scary he doesn't have like gross yellow eyes but also he's not a big scary monster who lives in the mountain he comes down to whoville sometimes to get some snacks oh yeah um the who's Everyone know him? Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which is a question they did not answer in the original so i'll give it that um <laughs> how does he get food but he knows the Who's, and has a sort of relationship and i know children will not care about this or even notice but one of the gripes I had with this one, there's less character development. Like there's no relationship really between Cindy Lou and the Grinch. And they Cindy, give a who? Cindy Lou is the who girl who <laughs> She's even talking like Dr. Seuss now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't finish that without saying who too many times. <laughs> She's the main who girl. Yeah. And she wants to ask Santa a question. So her journey is to try and trap Santa. So she ends up trapping the Grinch mm. and she doesn't have much of a relationship with the Grinch like she did in the original one so I wanted there to be more development with that like why does the Grinch hate Christmas so much if he goes into Whoville all the time and they're all so nice they make him sympathetic I would say but you're right like yeah. Cindy Lou the who she doesn't get too much in the way of like why is she the way that she is mm. Uh, but I think the Grinch, they did a good yeah. enough job to, you understand where he, oh, <laughs> this is such I'll... a weird thing to say, <laughs> you understand his motivations behind not necessarily how far he goes with things and trying to steal Christmas or whatever, mm. but why he doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. They give him that backstory of the orphanage, right? The That's orphanage, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, he never got the presents and he never got to go to the Christmas dinners and whatnot. Yeah. The idea of the sympathetic Grinch, in fact, we even have a clip of Benedict Cumberbatch talking about what it's kind of like to be the Grinch. The voice, I mean, you know, to find who he was in character and experiment with that a lot and, and push it around and, uh, you know, that was that was kind of key for me. The writing's pretty blissful, um, taking a lot from the book as well and that sort of wonderful jam, that kind of poetry, that wonderful sort of riffing of, of rhyming couplets and... Uh, the kind of rhythm of that at certain moments in the story is really important to getting who he is. And, and I think really, you know, you understand in this film why he is the way he is. So understanding what that backstory is and what's motivating him. I mean, sort of the usual actor, page one questions, I guess, even if it is a green, fluffy guy who wants to steal Christmas. 
and has a heart that's two sizes too small. So who should see this film? Anyone who likes Christmas movies, who liked the original Grinch, like I do, and who just wants a really good, solid family fun movie. This is a great one for families in particular because the parents and the kids will both laugh and that's something that doesn't always happen. Also in cinemas this week, Nutcracker. The remake to the Tchaikovsky Ballet. Widows, an awesome crime drama. Make sure you check it out. Robin Hood. Rob in the Hood, where Robin (laughs) is a lad. Yes, and the Children Act. Yes, that's an Emma Thompson British drama. You can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode and whatever podcast app you're in right now. But you don't think I could beat him? Is that what you're trying to say? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not going to be here forever. And what's that supposed to mean? It means you got to do some smart thinking. But you want to talk about smart decisions, Rock? You in this house all alone. Who been taking care of you? Me. I've been here for you. Who else you got? Listen. I'm taking this fight with or without you. In 1975, Sylvester Stallone was a forgettable New York actor who had just finished a role as a cocky race car driver as Machine Gun Joe in Death Race 2000. In 1976, however, he was the writer and star of 10-time Academy Award-nominated and Best Picture-winning film Rocky. And Creed II is the eighth in the storyline of what I imagine will be about 100. And Sly wrote the screenplay and is back on screen as well. So how is Rocky holding up? Rocky's holding up incredibly well. I think better than anyone expected it to back in the mid-70s when it came out. The fact that it can have eight movies and this eighth movie is so good really speaks volumes to how well they put together this franchise. So to put some perspective on this movie, uh, I guess famously in Rocky IV, Carl Weathers played Apollo Creed, who was killed in the boxing ring by Ivan Drago during a boxing match. Creed 2 sees the son of Apollo Creed, Adonis Creed, fighting the Drago's son. So it's kind of like Creed 2 but Rocky 4. Yeah. yeah I see. <laughs> so I have seen none of the Rockies. I've seen part of one that has a robot. I, yeah, I will say just, just before this movie started, you turned yeah. to me and said, just quickly, what's happened in this series? <laughs> just quickly, seven films. You've got ten yeah, seconds. Yeah. I haven't even seen the first Creed either. Mm-hmm. So, well, And see, this is, this is what I'm interested in because I feel like people's perspective on Rocky is that they're kind of these like silly boxing movies, whereas the first one is, it's almost like a masterpiece of independent small budget cinema, but the more out of touch Sylvester Stallone got with reality as he got famous, the Rocky movies became kind of ridiculous and then just came sweeping back with Creed into quite real drama. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. So you've seen a bunch of Rocky, right? Yeah, I've seen most of them. So there's context. So you can speak from the side of someone who knows it, and you can speak like me, Bari, mm, as someone yeah. who's never seen anything. Yeah. D- does it hold up if, if you haven't seen anything? Definitely. It really does. I wasn't a fan of these sort of like just masculine boxing sort of type movies. But I really enjoyed this one because it delves a lot more into this character relationship as well. There's a particular moment within the middle of the film between these two sort of headlining fights 
where the main character, Adonis Creed, kind of has to do a bit of reflection and there's a more emotional depth to it, which I wouldn't have expected and I didn't expect from a Rocky film. Here's the thing. If you go all the way back to Rocky 1, that movie isn't that much about fighting. Sylvester Stallone wrote that when he was living in his car. He had 200 bucks to his name. He had to Mm. sell his dog because he couldn't afford to keep care of it. That's how poor he was. Yeah, it was inspired by the Muhammad Ali fight, I think, right? And there's also, there was a boxer called Rocky something, I don't remember, that he got the name Rocky from. The first movie is very much about an underdog that nobody believes in beating the odds, which then turned into the Sylvester Stallone story because that's exactly what he did. And so with that context, does that pay off with this film? If, If you've seen the movies, is this like you know, got a web behind it? It does and it doesn't. It Not necessarily. You could go on this completely fresh and there's enough context in it to, to yeah, give you everything someone, you need. Like if you, but, if you know the universe, yes. the R-C-U, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then does it pay off? Yes, there, there is enough in it. Mentions of Adrian, who's obviously the famous line from the first Rocky, Yo, Adrian. Mm. There's nothing that they've left out and they don't even shy away from the kind of ridiculous nature of the movies like the fourth one. But... You don't need that. It's just a nice plus. How is Rocky? How is Sylvester Stallone in this? Is he in it for much? Or is is he a good? Is he acting well? You know, yeah, he's had a Rocky so. ride. <laughs> shall we say, Sly? He's taken a step back, I guess, from this one. He is a more serious character, but he doesn't take the spotlight. He allows Creed to be the main character and his relationship with his girlfriend as well, played by Tessa Thompson, which is beautiful. And there is a lot of other characters in there, but he doesn't try to like insert himself too much. Yeah. I actually think that Sylvester Sloan, for all the crappy movies he's made, is an incredible guy because of what he's achieved. He has written over 20 screenplays. <laughs> Which is something I don't think anyone really... All of them Rockies. All of them. (laughs) Uh, He he is a better filmmaker than he is an actor, I would say. That being said, he was Oscar nominated for The Last Creed by how good his performance was. But I think people underestimate how much he knows what makes a good story. And I think, wisely, he kind of takes a bit of a backseat to say, well, this movie's it's moved on and I should be in it, sure, but not the main yeah. focus. And also, just like we did with Bernard Cumberbatch, here's a little bit of Sylvester Stallone talking about the character of Rocky and where he is in this film. Rocky doesn't want Donis to fight this young Drago because he's afraid that history is going to repeat itself. He has been through this horrible tragedy and here it is, it's coming back at him. It's like his worst nightmare. Plus, he feels incredibly responsible and guilty to Creed's wife who he's avoided for 35 years because he can't face her, and now he has to. And what's he going to say? He has to rescue this kid because he's going down this dark hole. And even though he doesn't want him to fight, he knows that he has to at least make an attempt to redeem himself. Well, how is his writing and his directing? Did he direct this? No, he didn't. He took a step back from that. And I haven't managed to find out why, but it works a lot. Like he wrote the script. Yeah. He still has some hand in making this story, but he definitely has handed over the reins and that gives him a much different feeling. So who should see this film? Anyone that wants a great film. This film was so good. I, I was actually blown away that the, the sequel to a reboot of a franchise from the 70s could be as good as this is. Or even if you haven't seen any of them like me, you won't be lost in this one. It's just a really great action film. And come on, Michael B. Jordan in <laughs> training montages is beautiful. For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, go to Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post there answering the question, What is your favourite Christmas movie of all time? 
Brilliant. You uh, could mine's win. answered. <laughs> <laughs> you could win that double pass. Next week, D-Day is normally the set for solemn war dramas, but J.J. Abrams' produced Overlord sees an opportunity in horror. Peter Jackson, Philippa Adams and Fran Walsh are famous for brilliantly adapting Lord of the Rings to the screen. Can they do it again with the novel Mortal Engines? And second act is the latest Jennifer Lopez vehicle. When was the last J-Lo V? Was this a comeback? You, you were asking the Many wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's next week. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Thanks. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you, or at least you'll hear us, next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.